Welcome to Ministry in Motion, a program where we explore best practices for your ministry in the 21st century. Whether you're a full-time pastor or a lay leader in your community, God wants you to be an excellent Christian leader. And our topic today, extremely valuable for all of us, coaching, pathway to development. Our guest, Dr. Delbert Baker, thanks for being with us today. Good to be with you. I'm excited to hear about coaching. Now, when I think of coaching, I think of uh, baseball or soccer, uh, but we're talking here about a different type of coaching, life and leadership coaching. Right. Talk, talk to me about your background that led you to a passion for this, for this topic. Well, the whole subject of coaching really became popular in the early 90s. It's been around for centuries, really, but uh, it became popularized in the 90s when leaders start realizing that they had a responsibility to develop successors, mm. people who would follow them. And so companies start doing it, and then not only companies, but entities, organizations, churches, and even families really start focusing on coaching. And when we talk about coaching, there's a big difference between that and mentoring or a coach and an advisor. Uh, and probably one of the big things, Derek, is that coaching focuses on you, not what I think you deserve or what I think you need to do, but it's basically on what do you want to do, and a coach simply facilitates you for reaching that goal. And after some 30 years in leadership, you know, I, I read a lot about it. I'm a great reader. I love leadership. And I start really seeing the value of honing skills toward helping others so you can share your gifts with someone else. And that's really what got me into it. And as a result of that, I took the time and did a search on the best organizations around for coaching, found the best one and became a part of it for about a year and almost a year and a half. I spent a lot of money and a lot of time uh, developing my skills and getting my certification in coaching. Now, you are vice president of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. That's, a, that's an important leadership role. Before that, you were the president of Oakwood University. Yes. So you have accomplished a great deal as a leader. Has coaching been a part of your journey? Uh, in other words, have you been a recipient of coaching? Well, it's, it's really interesting you say that. One of the things I noticed at Oakwood was there were so many young men and young women who really wanted to learn more beyond their straight classes or what are academics. And so my wife and I started, uh, my wife Susan and myself started an organization called President's Ambassadors. Hmm. And so every year we'd take five freshmen, sophomores, juniors, seniors, and we would spend time with them each month and basically sharing with them leadership skills, communication skills, and they were the ambassadors of the school. That was one. And then I noticed that there were some men in my case and women in my wife's case who wanted more. They would come closer, they'd come visit me in the office, and then we developed uh, another little program called BUDS, Brothers Under Development for Success, and then Susan dealt with SUDS, Sisters <laughs> Under Development for Success. And in that group, we took three to five uh, students, and they followed us, they, they mirrored us. Uh, they would come to meetings, they would um, ask me why I did this, they would see issues on campus, they would ask me about it. And I think that probably planted the seed. You know, how can I take this to the next level? I, I want to be more intentional about what I'm doing, why I'm doing what I'm doing. And that led me to the coaching line. So, uh, yeah, my experience has led me to that. So let's talk uh, specifically now. Uh, you, you said coaches or life leadership coaches right. aren't there just telling you what to do. Yeah. Um, 
So how does a life leadership coach help a person? Well, I'll give you an experience. I, I run marathons. I run a lot of marathons. And my first marathon was in the 80s, the middle 80s. And I never will forget uh, my three sons and my wife and I, uh, the, it was the Marine Corps Marathon here in, in the D.C. area. I was going to run a half a marathon. I hadn't done any real training for it, but a half marathon was all I wanted to tackle, and so that was, that was what we wanted to do. Well, I started off running, had a great experience, and I was coming up to mile 11, mile 12, and mile 13.1, I was supposed to see my wife and family and my sons. I got to mile 13.1, Derek, and they were so excited that I had made a half a marathon. <laughs> they said, go, Dad, go, Dad, don't stop now, you can go all the way, you know. And, and I remember saying I was happy at once, but all, all overwhelmed the second time, 26.2 miles? Well, I kept going. And it was at mile 15 that I ran into my coach. His name was Sandy. I met him there on the marathon course. I'd never seen him before. But he saw I was absolutely exhausted. I was so tired, so spent that I was about ready to give up. Mm. In fact, I was, I was on autopilot. I, one step was before the other. I didn't see, I could hardly imagine finishing that race. And Sandy was there, and he came alongside of me, and he said, have you trained for this? And so I told him, I said, no, not really any great training. He said, but you've come this far? He said, do you want to finish this thing? And he said, do you want to finish this thing? I thought to myself, I said, well, of course I do. I definitely want to finish this thing. He said, well, we can do it. And do you know, Sandy went from mile 8, 17 to 18 to 20 to 21 with me. He stayed with me. And right. then we got to mile 24 and 25. I could see the finish line. I was excited. I, the adrenaline started rushing. And I started really getting into it then. <laughs> and I turned to him about around pushing mile 26. And I said, Sandy, you go ahead and go. I said, you help me finish this thing. I said, you help me finish it. He was my coach. Mm. And he turned to me, he said, no, 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 Delbert. He said, no, no, I'm not going to do it. He said, the truth of the matter is, he said, when I met you back there at mile 17, he said, I was about ready to give up. Hmm. He said, but by helping you, I helped myself. So let's finish it together. <laughs> so we crossed the line together. And, and I think that's what, what coaching is about. What a great story. Uh, the coach is a facilitator. He doesn't tell you what to do. He doesn't try to make you do anything. He doesn't tell you what he does, and so therefore you should do it like an advisor may or like a mentor may. But he simply says, what is it that you want to accomplish? He draws it out of you. And then when he draws it out of you, he helps you to realize your goals at your speed and your own style. What, what a great illustration. Someone coming alongside of you and, and kind of taking the same pace. That's right. And, and, and asking you what you want, what you want to do. What you want to do. Right. Uh, and encouraging you. It's, it's very much like the New Testament concept of the Holy Spirit, the paraclete. I mean, mm, uh, the helper, right. the, the partner, the one who comes alongside of you, mm. he won't make you do things you don't want to do. He, he will help you do what you choose to do. It's your mm. power, your choice. Yes. And I think that is a good illustration for uh, what a coach does, yeah. the Holy Spirit. Well, if, if that's the only thing that we learn from Ministry of Motion today, what a life-changing concept a coach, someone who comes alongside to help. But we're going to look at some other practical principles about life leadership coaching. First, to bless your life, but perhaps God wants to use you to be a great coach to people around you. So stay with us for more Ministry in Motion. We'll be right back 
after the break. Welcome back to Ministry in Motion. Our topic today, coaching, pathway to development. Our guest, Dr. Delbert Baker. Delbert, that was an amazing story about this coach who came alongside of you. He probably could never have imagined that not only would you finish that marathon that day, but you've gone on to run how many marathons? 52. 35 to 50 states in all seven continents and the North Pole. How about that? I guess that would be the greatest compliment uh, for a coach, a life leadership coach, to see uh, someone that he or she has coached go way beyond them. What a, what a beautiful a beautiful concept. So here's, here's this, uh, not telling you what to do, right. but what are your goals? That's what he asked you, right? Exactly what are your right. goals? What do you want to accomplish? Uh, but you've been through some specific training to be a life leadership coach. How many hours of training was involved? Uh, it's it's been too, close to 300 hours, uh, Derek, in, in training. Uh, and I was coached uh, during this process uh, by several different people. And then I also coached several different people. Then we did peer coaching in a group. Uh, we did a number of assignments. We did a number of books. Uh, we had to go places and do coaching in different settings. Uh, it was a very rigorous uh, program, but it did train, teach us so much. And probably, I, I guess, one of the greatest points I could share with our listeners, especially in the pastoral lay leadership line, yes. uh, is, is one of the lessons I had to learn, one of the most difficult lessons. And that is for the first six months in the program and all the coaching and all the sessions, you cannot tell people what to do or how to do it. Mm. You have to listen. You have to hear them. Uh, And and that was some uh, re-educating of myself. Because you know the pastoral line or the administrative line or the leadership line, we have a tendency to kind of tell people what to do or here's how to do it or, you know, I'll show you how to do it. Here's my sex story and here's what you need to do to get to the same place or whatever. And there's a tendency to over, to over provide advice Mm. that people may not need to hear. Maybe they need to go at their own path. Or maybe and even project your goals and aspirations on them. Exactly, exactly. The exactly. coach you're saying asks, what are your goals? Exactly what are your right. aspirations? And, and that is really the key is that you want to listen. Well, how do they say you want to look? So whenever you're dealing with a person, you want to look at the settings. A lot of times you don't deal with a person face to face. You do it by phone. You do coaching by phone. In fact, that's where many of the coaches spend most of their times on the phone. Uh, but you, you want to look in terms of getting a sense of what is the world of that person, uh, really kind of empathizing, entering into their world. So you're divesting yourself of what you want to do, entering their world. Uh, secondly, you want to listen. Uh, and, and that's a crucial thing. Uh, probably one of the greatest skills of a master coach is one who can listen. Okay? And then you learn. You learn about that person. Not, not what you want to tell them, but you learn about that person, what's driving them, uh, what's really important to them, what are their values even. Uh, and then from there, you want to link into whatever they want to do. You, you want to take those things that you've learned and then link into what they want to do, and then you help them get to that point. And that's, that's really what it is. And in a coaching session, you could have three to six sessions. That's probably the average time. 
and each session would last anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour. Some people do it in 15 minutes, some may take an hour and a half, but basically 30 minutes to an hour. And in the average, in the average you know, coaching session, probably six sessions is adequate to help that person. Mm -hmm. Now, some want it longer, they may want a year or something like that, but uh, that's a little unusual. So that's it. I, I want to help you do what you want to do. Uh, let me repeat the L's or help okay. you review them. First is look. Right. And then is listen. Listen. Mm -hmm. And then learn. Learn and then you want to link. Link. To, I like that. To what, okay, what, so they want to, what they want to do. I mean, mm -hmm. it's, 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 it's their world. And, and the interesting thing is, it's so fascinating because you find out so much about that person that you wouldn't have found out if you were talking. Yes. You know, it's, it's like, you know, the, the golden Buddha in Thailand, you know, that was covered with mud at first. And then on this day that they discovered that beneath that exterior, there was gold inside. You know, mm -hmm. it was a great find. Uh, that's the way it is with people. I mean, you know, it's amazing. The average person you see along the way. I mean, the average woman, the average man, you're seeing them and you wouldn't think much about them. I mean, you, you, they, do they have goals? Do they really want to do something great? But if you listen to them... Mm. You find greatness that's inside of them, and you have the privilege, uh, the opportunity to help draw it out. It's very much like Jesus, isn't it? I mean, that's what Jesus did. I mean, Ellen White said he saw goodness in every person, mm. and, and he saw goodness in every person, and he asked them. Another thing a, a coach does is ask questions. I wanted to ask about that. Great because, questions. Because a lot of people ask loaded questions. Do yes. you want to do this? Do you want to do that? Yeah. Or, or they're, they're, you know you should do that, That's what's don't called you? directed questions. But, but, yeah. but you learn to ask a specific type of question when you're doing act, active listening. So what is that question? Uh, like, How's like, it framed? Like Jesus at the man uh, by the pool of Bethesda when he said, uh, do, do you want to be made whole? Do you, do you really want to do this? And then once that man came to grips with what he wanted to do, Jesus was able to take him to the next level. Yeah. And so when we're dealing with people in coaching, I mean, like, a, let's say a pastor or let's say an elder or a deacon or whoever, deaconess, uh, they're with that person. They're, they're listening again, entering their world, and then they're finding out what they want to do by what they're saying. And then they're saying, is this something you're interested in? Is this something you'd like to do? And then the person says, yeah, I would like to do it. Maybe they hadn't crystallized it before. Yes. Now they're saying, yeah, that's what I like to do. Uh, then you want to find out how much do they want to do it. Mm. You know, are they willing to pay the price for it? Yes. And, and you can help them get to that point by gently nudging them along, finding out, drawing from them what's important to them. It reminds me of Jesus with the blind man. When Jesus stopped Bartimaeus, he said, what do you want me to do for you? Right. I guess that's a good question. Great question. Because he's giving an opportunity for Bartimaeus to share well, his, his burden. His yeah, that, that shows me, Derek, that, that you would make a great coach. You're a coach <laughs> anyway, because really one of the first things you uh, do in a session is you ask a person, okay, now, how can I help you? Yes. Or how can we work together? Mm. Or what would you like to accomplish in this session? So you're really cutting right through it. You know, you're really kind of getting through it. You're not wasting time. You're not just talking about the weather and these various things. You do do some things to establish rapport, but not a long time. When they come to you and they're paying you money, of course, in the church setting, I don't charge money, but I mean, when they're paying you money in the real coaching world, uh, they, they want to get right to it. They, they have a goal they want to accomplish. And uh, a lot of times people who come to you in, in the coaching setting are very directed. They may, have a, they may have an issue at work. 
They may be issue at home. They may have some goal they're trying to accomplish, and they want you to help them specifically with that goal. With that goal. After the break, we're going to talk about uh, some of the stories, those ambassadors and the buds and suds. Those are little acronyms. You'll have to join us to learn how lives would change. I'm sure that brought a lot of joy to the coach, too. We'll be right back with more Ministry in Motion. Welcome back to Ministry in Motion. Our topic today, Coaching, Pathway to Development. Dr. Delbert Baker, I have enjoyed this conversation. Right. I, I keep thinking of Sandy. Sandy. This, uh, you said you, you, you've not, never met him again. Never met him again. A runner comes alongside of you right. and becomes a coach by asking, what do you want to accomplish? You finish your first marathon. Now you've run 52 marathons. But, but I want to come back to some of the young people that you've also been a coach to. The Oakwood Ambassadors, I think you called them. That's and, and President's Ambassadors. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the Buds, which mm -hmm. are the brothers. Under Development for Success. Under Development for Success. Um, talk to me about some of those young people right. and what's happened in their lives and, and what that's meant to you. Well, there, there's a lot of incredible stories. In, in fact, uh, I, I made it my point not to only choose the bright students or the top of the class, so to speak. Mm. Uh, but I remember, in particular, this one guy was was um, rather um, large, and uh, seemed like he had a lot of you know insecurities, but just wonderful spirit, wonderful personality, and in fact, he he later confided with me that when he was in high school, his teacher told him that he could not graduate, that he mm. was not material to graduate mm. from high school, let alone college, and so here he graduated from high school, he's in college. And we came, we developed a relationship. I spent a lot of time with him and just poured time into him. And we did some wonderful things. I mean, he, he, he at his graduation, he came, sought me out and said, you know, those were some of the best experiences of my life, uh, the times we sat down and talked. Uh, and we did a lot of other things. I, I helped him accomplish some goals that he wanted to accomplish. I mean, that's really what it's all about. I think that every pastor, you know, every teacher, uh, every lay person in the church, even those people who are senior in the church, if they could find some person, mm. either within their age group, older, younger, and help them to accomplish what they want to I mean, that's the ministry of Christ. That's Mingling beautiful. with people, yes. discovering their needs, coming alongside, and helping them to accomplish whatever that may be. I mean, that's really what love is all about and what ministry is all about. And, and you were doing that as the president of the university. Right for a student that isn't valedictorian or, oh. or the president of the student association. What, what a, a beautiful picture of modeling. Um, any other stories come to mind of people who's, who went on to really well, make a difference? You know, I guess what, what I'm thinking of is, is one pastor who, um, when he was in school, uh, ran into, he was a student, uh, ran into a number of challenges and uh, some pretty severe a personal issues that he was going through, uh, some challenges. And he came in confidence, which brought out another principle of counseling and uh, shared some things with me uh, that were not endangering other people, but he was struggling with himself. And through prayer, and see, see I can pray in, in the spiritual setting. Uh, many coaches, if you're in a non-spiritual setting, you don't pray, you don't bring religion in unless the person wants to. 
you let them decide that. But clearly in this setting, uh, we were able to pray together and to um, work through issues. Uh, he's another person who wrote to me since, since Oakwood and, and shared how much he meant. And guess what he said? He said he was going to pass it on to somebody else. Wonderful. And, and it brings to mind a, a story that was life-changing to me. Uh, when I was in school, I had an older man in Loma Linda, California, I'm from California, who just took an interest in me. I was one of six children. And so he sought, he just sought me out and, and just looked out for me and uh, he got me involved in the literature evangelism work and that was a beginning of a real good path for me in terms of development for the ministry. And I never will forget that he helped me uh, through school a number, with my tuition a number of times. Mm. But one particular, my senior year in high school in academy, came home and I, through the course of a conversation I happened to tell him that uh, I was finishing but I didn't have a suit that I needed. And because I, I, was, I was going to some, I mean, to one of the big final senior graduations or whatever, and he heard me, and then about a week later, right before I was going back to school, he said, come on with me, Delbert. So he takes me with him, and he take, takes me in his car, and he takes me down to a store, buys me a suit, a shirt, a tie, and some shoes. <laughs> I never will forget that. And I said to him, his name was Brother Dawson, I said, Brother D, I said, um, you know, I said, how can, how can I thank you? Oh, don't worry about that. He was just so self-effacing and didn't want any credit for himself. He said, don't worry about it. Don't worry. Nothing. That's nothing. There's no, no big deal. I said, no, no, I want to do something. I want to pass it on to you. Pass, I mean, do something kind of show my appreciation of you. He wanted nothing. And I said, I know what I'll do. I said, Brother D, what I will do is I will pass on to others mm. what you've passed on to me. Powerful. I, said, Powerful. I, I want to help others the way you've helped me. And I think, Derek, that, that has been kind of a motive of ministry for me, and it, that's why coaching kind of complements that. Yes. You know, the fact that I can help someone else like I was helped. And I think that's, you, you really speak from your need, don't you? Beautiful. You know, and that's what I do. When I, when I coach, in my, in my capacity here at the General Conference, I mean, I have many occasions where I can come alongside someone, and instead of using your knowledge or your degrees or your experience, why don't I help that person help themselves to get where they want to go? If you were to recommend a couple of resources, uh, we can send people to our website to find them, but some resources, maybe a leader's watching and saying, I want to learn more about this fine art of life leadership coaching. What would you suggest? Well, of course, I would say, first of all, the Bible. I mean, the Bible is... Narratives is, in the is scripture. Narrative in the Bible. You can look up stories of how people... Uh, accepted good coaching or they didn't accept it. Uh, I, I think, um, you know, the spirit of prophecy, in particular, I think of mind, character, and personality. I mean, it's a great um, set there. You can look, they can look at that. But then aside from there, there's a great book on called Christian Counseling by Collins uh, that is kind of a standard, uh, the biblical approach to it. Uh, there's another book. Uh, there, are, there are a lot of other books that are non-Christian. They're out there, and, and they have different schools they espouse, so a person can kind of choose the one they want. Uh, but there are many resources that a person can check out and, and see which one they want to select. And one final word, what it's meant to you, what it could mean to people watching Ministry in Motion. Well, I think it can help people to reach a higher degree of excellence in their professional life, you know, in their physical life, uh, in their social life, dealing with other people. But I also think in a very special way, spiritually. You can be a spiritual coach. I mean, you, God has done some things for you. You do it all the time. You've got great programs going on. And I see how you share your gifts. So it's, it's basically sh taking what God has given you and 
help That's letting enough. allow to bless other people and let them realize their niche like you realize your niche. Dr. Delbert Baker, thanks so much for sharing with us today about coaching and thanks for being with us. Pathway to development. What difference could your life make in the lives of those around you? But first be willing to let someone coach you. Have a humble and teachable spirit. Let someone help you to recognize your dreams and realize your potential. And then pass on that legacy. That's really what we've seen today. What a blessing your life could be to the lives of those around you. Check out the programs, ministryemotion.tv, resources, book resources. Join us again next time. May God bless you in your ministry for Him.